Welcome. I am Andy, and you are listening to Retirement Concerns. Someone somewhere is turning 65, and many more are past that. We all have retirement concerns. Here we will discuss those concerns and hopefully discuss issues you may not have estimated. So please join us now. Believe it or not, everyone's a business owner. Now, you may not be the person to own GM or the supplement shop in the mall, but you're a business owner. I know you're thinking, yeah, I can't sell anything, but you can. Think about it. If you're talking to me, are you not trying to convince me of something? I mean, is that not selling something, your idea, yourself, things like that? As I look around, there's a lot of scuttlebutt right now about the economy. Like many people today, I was faced with a decrease in work hours on one job, fewer appointments on the other, and a loss of business resulting in other income reduction. That meant I would either work more or spend less. Already working two jobs, I thought I would try to see in what areas I could reduce my spending. As you read on, you may be amazed by the 10 things I found consuming my income. Number one, convenience spending. Working from home has become the norm for many Americans. Always being busy, many people find calling Instacart, Grubhub, DoorDash, or any other similar company to pick up and deliver your food a convenience. To some extent, they are. But if it comes down to reducing unnecessary costs, take a good look. One day, instead of ordering my groceries, I decided to go pick them up myself. Before I did so, as not to waste time, I did my usual online shopping, but I shopped myself. To my amazement, each item I purchased was about 30 to 50 cents more on the list than in the store. Now I was purchasing about 20 items. Right there, I saved up to $10. I also had a monthly subscription of $10. With each purchase, there's also charges and fees. And they automatically include a tip of 5%. Now, I'm not saying that the person that was gathering my order didn't deserve a tip, but it was automatic. I probably ordered twice or three times every two weeks through this service, so that's more savings. All in all, I roughly estimated I saved myself more than $40 per month eliminating this service. Next are other types of food delivery, whether it's pizza, burgers, wings. A recent review of the Burger King menu compared to the final receipt for the delivery service revealed that I was paying for service and delivery fees, added temporary gas-up charge, tip, and tax. My $9 double meat burger came out for about $18. How many times do you order out? whether you work from home or at an office each week. Number two, your gas. If you work from home like I do, where do you go? Precisely. I mean, I live in a suburb of a large city here. Over the last two years, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've traveled out of town. And by that, I mean into the big city. My trips are up to two miles here or two miles there. Why do I need to fill up the tank? A half a tank now lasts me a full month. Fortunately, I have an 11-gallon tank and get 28 to 31 miles to the gallon. Granted, a full tank would last two months, but it's not necessary. Number three, reduce or eliminate alcohol and entertainment expenses. For those of you who don't drink, this is not an issue, of course. You may have other entertainment expenses to consider, 
For those who do like to socialize in this way, controlling one's alcohol consumption can be challenging and a benefit both financially and health-wise. I know it's easy to do, and this is another major expense. Between forgetting how many drinks one has consumed and returning the favor when a friend purchases a drink for you, it can add up. Depending on the location, club, or restaurant, the cost of drinks can be substantial. It's not like drinking a Coke or anything where you get constant refills. These drinks can add up to as much as $30, 40 or $50 or more depending on the size of the party you meet and the types of drink you consume. Doing this once a week, twice a week, or even more, again, can be costly. Are you starting to do the math? Number four, app subscriptions. Now, I know a lot of people like to have a whole bunch of apps. But let me ask you this. How many apps do you subscribe to that you don't use anymore? I recently went through my accounts like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, etc. to see a few apps that... When I thought about it, I only, only use on a rare occasion. Can I do without them? Well, sure I can. Or a couple of apps that do the same thing necessary? How about that smart television? Do you need to have 10 different movie channels? Can you search for the movie you want on one movie channel? Why not pick the one that offers the most devices or services? Do you need to have the app that plays all the local channels? Ever heard of Rabbit Ears? They don't call them that anymore, but they do make antennas that will pick up a large number of local channels for free. Local television stations are required to provide that access. Why not eliminate those channels that were of interest one day, but you haven't viewed in months? Number five, air conditioning. This may not work in all areas, or for health reasons for some people. Around my area, though, at night the house stays a comfortable 72 degrees. I set my thermostat to maintain a daily temperature of 78 degrees, which makes it a comfortable 74 degrees in most downstairs rooms. And of course, I don't use the upstairs. At night around here, the temperature drops to 72 degrees or less. While it is under 70 degrees at night, what do I need the air conditioner for? That's not the same argument as turning the air conditioner off when you're not home because I'm at home all day long. At night, though, the house is cooling down. When I turn it on in the morning, it is already at 71 degrees in the house. Therefore, it does not have to struggle to lower the temperature to make it comfortable. Why do I need to keep the air conditioner running at night if it is only going to make me cold at night? And, of course, this would be much easier if I had a smart thermostat, but I don't. Actually, many people don't, and I understand that. Number six, use smart devices. Look at your home. Does your stereo, television, monitors, microwave, and other devices have lights on? What about those lights either that stay on more than necessary or routinely don't get turned off, like when the kids forget to turn them off? How much electricity are they drawing? Why not get smart switches and or light bulbs that you can control or schedule to come on when only absolutely needed. The wattage these devices use is small in comparison and can save lots of money. Besides, it's kind of fun either using Alexa or some other device like her, scheduling or turning these devices on or off remotely. I use bowls for my front porch, back porch, and bathroom. I use switches for things like the living room, reading lamp, microwave, television, and stereo, monitors, and space heaters. For the windows, I can regulate the space heaters based on the outside temperatures. So when the air conditioner is off, the heat will come on when the outside temperature reaches the temperature I set. Alexa helps me turn off the devices I accidentally leave running while I'm not in the room. 
Incidentally, I've reduced my monthly bill from $206 per month to $136 a month. Number seven, stove and oven. Another disadvantage of working from home is cooking more meals. Think about it. The stove runs off 220 volts, whereas the household appliances, microwave, rotisserie oven, etc. run off 110 volts. Less voltage equals lower electric bills. Not only this, but why not cook out and use the gas grill or stove more often? The gas stove, that is. It doesn't take that long to cook a meal. So a bag of charcoal, a tank of propane, etc. are certainly cheaper than always running the stovetop. What a perfect time to go on a diet. Number eight. Seriously, working from home having access to snack food can be both unhealthy and costly. One has more time to run to the cupboards and more accessibility to unhealthy food when working from home. If you don't have them in the house, you won't eat them. If you don't buy them, you save money. And what about saving water? Number nine. When one thinks of saving water, you might think of not washing the car or watering the yard. Think of how many times the toilet is flushed each day in your home, though. How long do you run the water when brushing your teeth? How long does each person taking a shower? Do some take baths in your home? Some might think, I've lost it, but think about how many times one urinates versus the other option. A couple of times by each person when toilet paper is not used could save your money. Meaning that if you don't flush every time that the toilet is used for urination, it saves some money. Each flush is about a gallon or more of water. If the commode is only flushed every second or third usage, how much would that cut your water bill? 10%, 20%, or even 30%? Some cities are now adding on more fees for mostly made-up reasons, taking more money from you. So by reducing the amount of times that you use water, whether it is flushing or not, that's up to you. But all things considered, you could save quite a bit by not using as much water. Number 10, solar power. Now, not everybody has this. You might be able to find some attachments, but this may not be a possible option for most people. People, but it certainly is an investment to consider. Solar provides less usage of, your, of the city-owned electricity using our natural resources. Solar increases the value of your home if you are the owner. It further offers tax savings, reducing your tax obligations. Even if you have a backup system for stones, you can have electricity when your neighbors are out. I remember growing up in Florida. Hurricanes may disrupt the electricity and water systems on a regular basis. We had gas stoves and a gas water heater. It was nice to be able to shower and have water to drink when others had to do without. So whenever you can disconnect from the normal government-controlled utility companies, you save money and gain independence. Finally, as an added benefit, reduce your tax obligation. Now, this is hard to do today compared to years ago. Used to be you had more write-offs, but people have downright forgotten that paying the amount of taxes each year is completely controllable by you. Why would you want to pay more than is required? Are you entitled to a tax refund? No. So why would you feel like you have to pay taxes so much. When you get your tax return, how much interest do you get on your money? While the government has used it all, you're making money on it. Zero. Do you get a thank you? No. Why not be in control of your money instead of loaning it to the government? If you put that money away each paycheck and save it in a short-term investment, how much could you make? Of course, if you do that, 
you have to be prepared to pay a couple thousand in April, so it's easier to let the employer take it out, but you usually pay it off by the end of June or July. So I think you see my point here. If you started not paying taxes after July because you've already paid satisfactorily for the year, you could use that money for yourself. Or worst case scenario, you might have to pay a, a couple of hundred or something like that, but all that time you've had that money to your advantage. I've now gone over 11 different ideas that could help you put money back into your pocket starting today. Others may take a little more time, but in the end, you win. Let me finish with one last thought. If you don't take control of your money, someone else will. You've been listening to Retirement Concerns with your host, Andy Barrett. Please join us every week as we discuss new hot topics for retirement concerns or visit us at retirementconcerns.info for more information. Have a good day.